The LEP stands for Lived Experience Phenomena, because that is what we are all doing on this planet. We are living our own experience in a phenomenal way individually. The LEP Frequency Tool is an instrument that can focus, manage, and direct energy, and anyone can use it. So how does it work? The LEP Frequency Tool works through core of life energies of the mental, emotional, physical, sensory, and spiritual consciousness field, and the spiritual energies of the I Am Presence and the Violet Plane. It first identifies your personal vibrational frequencies within the current moment, so, it, so you know where you are vibrating. That is very important. Where you are vibrating identifies how much power you have available to create. Since we're all 100% energy, we can use that energy to bring thoughts from the consciousness into physical reality. Remember, everything around you, everything that you see, that you touch, started in, in someone's mind, and it was brought forth into their physical, into your, into, into physical reality. Every fork, the clothing that you're wearing, the car that you're driving, had to start in someone's mind before it can be brought forth through energy into physical, vibra- into physical reality. But energy only works on output. That means that you only have the power of your vibrational frequency, meaning that wherever you are vibrating, that is how much power you have to work with. The higher the frequency, the more power you have to create. And the more expanded your consciousness becomes. You can problem solve. Ideas, solutions will appear seemingly out of nowhere. And you will say, why didn't I think of this before? You didn't think of it because you were not in alignment with vibrational frequencies within that frequency. So the higher that you are vibrating, the more power that you have for your um, available use. So how do you align yourself so that you have as much power that you need to create desires or perhaps eliminate some discourse or balance karma. You use your consciousness field. Every person is made up of various energy points or consciousness fields that determines their overall vibrational frequency. The consciousness fields that must be aligned in harmony, that's what I mean by alignment, they must be in harmony vibrating on that same frequency, is your mental, emotional, physical, sensory, and spiritual consciousness field. These are your core life energies because thoughts activate the images in your mind. Images trigger emotions, and emotions activate your physical, sensory, and spiritual fields, which trigger your motivation, inspiration, belief system, self-esteem. Once you learn how to align and bring into harmony these consciousness fields, you are now ready to work with the spiritual energies of the I Am Presence and the all-powerful Violet Flame. The I Am is that spark of God within you, which makes you God, the source consciousness, and allows you to use the power of the source, to use the energy to create whatever is desired in your physical life. The source consciousness uses the same energy to create, because we're all one energy the highest energy available for humankind to use in terms of energy manifestation is the violet energy. It is the most powerful because it has the highest, it is the highest on a color, color spectrum, and it is the purest, meaning because it has the shortest wavelength, it is the closest to the source consciousness, 
which makes it the most powerful. So the LEP frequency tool, once your consciousness fields are aligned, uses the energy of the I am and the violet flame for creation of desire, elimination of discords, things that you don't want in your life, relieves anguish, pain, regret, guilt, and then also balances karma. Catch me on Patreon.com or go to my website at www.lepeducation.com for a link to Patreon and more information on how you can tap into and use the energies, the power that you have available to you to create well-being, prosperity, healing, eliminating discords, or balancing karma. I'm available live to answer your questions on how specifically you can direct energy for your own personal situation to help you build prosperity, abundance, bring finances into your life, better relationships, and how you can manifest desires through your consciousness and bring them into physical reality. And now, if Lee doesn't have any questions for me, I will turn it over to my colleague, Stephen Webb, to give you an overview of the origins of the I Am Presence, the Violet Flame, and how you can also use it to bring freedom, joy, mercy, and forgiveness into your life and those that you care for. Okay, Dwight, am I good to go uh, to follow yes, on? Yes, sir. That? Okay, sure. Yes, sir. So Anna um, asked me recently about the origin of the violet flame. Is there a history we should know about it? Well, actually, it has a cosmic origin story. And in explaining that, I'll lead into how it works and how it's integral in the LEP system Anna has developed. So uh, I'll go from the cosmic origin to the individual experience. So just when, when uh, Anna mentioned the I Am Presence, that comes straight out of Exodus in the Bible when Moses said uh, to the burning bush, who, who shall I say is sent me to, you know, to his people in, in, uh, the, in Egypt? And the voice said, I am sent you. My name is I am that I am. This is my name for all, as a memorial to all generations. So God actually has a name, and it's sort of unusual, but it's God's name, I am that I am, and we talk about the I am presence as the one creator of all of cosmos. So when cosmos was created, multiple universes simultaneously happened when the Big Bang occurred 14 billion years ago. Multiple universes on different frequencies began to expand spherically, simultaneously on an enormous number of electromagnetic frequencies. So among these frequencies are the ones we, we know about, light, visible light and sound. But one of the ones we don't know about is one of the most subtle and mystical of these expanding electromag electromagnetic spheres in each of these universes was an intangible cosmic substance super sensitive to any impression of energy. And we call this invisible substance Akasha, or the Akashic Records. So Akasha expanded as an invisible substance, as part of the universes, and is in, fact, in effect cosmic memory of everything. Every thought, emotion, action, or use of energy has been and is recorded on this primordial quantum substance over the 14 billion years of the universe as we know about it, and across 93 billion light years of time and space, and it's still expanding. So that is the memory of every event, and it's in us. Now, think of when you, when you hear a song in your mind, 
and you think, okay, well, that's just memory. And you don't think, um, well, I, I don't have an MP3 player in my head. What is the medium that that's recorded on? Why can I record, why can I recall that song in perfect fidelity or a scene or, you know, uh, the, you know, a football game or something like that? Where is that stored? That is actually Akasha in you. And it's not only in you, it's in everyone. And it's across the entire universe. So one of the electromagnetic frequencies that we are familiar with is the visible spectrum. And in the visible spectrum, of all the colors, violet is the most energetic because it has the shortest wavelength, as Anna was saying. And, and it, it has the capability of overriding energy that was recorded on the Akashic records at any time going back into many previous lives. So violet flame, if it's invoked in prayer, if it's visualized and invoked in prayer, can actually work to erase uh, these records. And, and uh, Anna was talking about balancing karma, creating harmony. How is that done? It's actually done by God's uh, uh, gift to us of having this ability to use this energy to erase the memory that goes way back many, many lifetimes. So the unrecognized problem we have that's far beyond any physicist awareness is that most of us have lived thousands of physical lives, and we can't consciously remember when we've made mistakes that were not the will of God in our desire or things we've made or things we've said or things we've done to other people. Even if we wanted to erase them and, and clean our record and balance every jot and tittle of the law, how would we know what to do that? We, we don't really know how to access that because it's not conscious. It's all in our subconscious and unconscious. So again, the I am presence foresaw our sincerity and wanting to have a clean record back to the earliest lifetime we've ever had. So they provide the I am presence has provided access to our specific Akashic records in a, a very trusted, personalized way. And that is through, whether we know it or not, we have elder brothers and sisters who have graduated from our physical level of earth to what tradition describes as heaven. In other words, some people call them saints. Some people call them ascended masters. I think of them as my friends and teachers, and they include Jesus, Gautama Buddha, Kuan Yin, Mother Mary, and a master that Anna mentions often, St. Germain. And there are millions of these graduates who have a kind of a brotherly and sisterly care for us. By their Christed nature, by their ascended immortal nature, they have access to the mind and the memory of the I Am Presence as it pertains to the Akashic Records of our particular live stream. So why did the formless creator, I Am, who created all of Cosmos, delegate this care to our elder brothers and sisters. It's because the cosmic I am presence has no awareness of anything but perfection. Only just perfection, the way we were created. The saints are ascended masters, though. They can see both the perfection of the creator and our record of imperfections. Uh, for example, Jesus secretly taught his apostles about the transmutation or the changing of their Akashic records from what it was in a lower state to a higher state by showing them how to visualize the violet flame 
in their in their mind's eye, in their third eye, during meditation and invocation. And he prayed to the ascended masters who preceded him to erase the unseen errors in the layers of the apostles' previous lives. So these teachings were keep were kept secret, and they have been secret for about ten thousand years until the nineteen thirties. And in the thirties, this master that uh, Anna mentioned, Saint Germain, publicly released the first teachings on the I Am Presence and the Violet Flame through. Uh, a, 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 a pen name, a, a, a man called Godfrey Ray King was what he wrote as. His actual name was Guy Ballard. But he was the physical representative of the Master St. Germain, and he founded the I Am movement. And when this group in the, in the 40s, 1940s, went through protracted po- uh, problems that were attacked by the state, uh, the, the, the teaching just continued on with another movement, which is the Summit Lighthouse and that's ongoing worldwide. So there's a more detailed teaching uh, about how transmutation actually works at the subatomic or quantum level. So it begins with you. You're the student. You have to initiate the process of transmutation. Man proposes, God disposes. So by your free will, you make a prayer or invocation, and you request the intercession of the I Am Presence and your elder brothers and sisters. You ask for help. You speak with sincerity and fervor. And then the I am presence responds with a force of spirit. There's a word that we we never hear normally in normal conversation, and it's called zeal. It's the energy of power, wisdom, and love. And it comes from the creator of all of cosmos to us, and it's tempered to us so it doesn't blow us away. But it comes through a divine mediator, such as Jesus or Gautama Buddha or Saint Germain. And every subatomic element of energy within your physical and your mental, your emotional and your memory bodies has always existed within the cosmic memory of the Akashic Records. So the responding divine zeal to your prayer for help comes back from spirit and envelops all of the space of Akasha within each individual atom in you. That's the space between the electrons circling around the, nu- the nucleus in every atom. That space isn't empty. It's, it's got akasha in it, this substance that remembers every event in every moment, in every feeling and thought. So the nucleus of, your, uh, of each atom is matter because we can detect it. It's material form. And it assumes a negative polarity in a binary electromagnetic relationship with the positive polarity of formless spirit. So the zeal, this word zeal of the I am presence is pure spirit without shape or form. And you can best visualize it because it's not physical, but you can visualize it in your mind's eye as a brilliant emanation or a ray of high frequency, violet colored energy answering your request. And it comes in with an, inrushing impetus of sacred perfection. It, it, the point is to replace your error, your record of error, with, per, with perfection, the way that God initially uh, saw you and, and continues to see you. So the call goes out from you consciously, and then the formless zeal from the presence responds invisibly. And the core energy and the nucleus of each atom in you pulses rapidly, 
answering the incoming violet ray of divine zeal, and an oscillation of energy begins and builds. The oscillation between form and formlessness, between spirit and matter, becomes so heated at a non-physical level. The Akashic records of your mistakes from long ago or from this life are dissolved selectively by divine discrimination through the presence of a friend like St. Germain or Jesus. There has to be a willing devotional cooperation between imperfect form, that's us, and perfect formlessness, that's God, as well as the intercession of a Christed mediator like St. Germain or Jesus or Gautama. And then the selectivity of where to start comes through the divine mediator, such as St. Germain. There's no way you could know what layers of error from the past need to be transmuted first and next, and you trust that your elder brother that you think of as a saint uh, knows what errors your soul is willing to give up next. And this is the kind of trust you would give to a genuine all-weather friend, an elder brother who's known your soul for eons and loves you as family. And then what happens to the selectively transmuted energy when it's freed? Energy can't be destroyed. It can only change form. So instead of being retained as Akashic baggage within the earthy terrestrial part of your soul, it ascends in vibration to become part of your celestial identity at the perfect level of your individualized I Am Presence. And Jesus described this timeless, perfect energy growing in great concentric rings around your presence as your many mansions in heaven. This, this is an alchemy. It takes place in matter, but not necessarily physical form, because the Akashic records are non-physical. And as you're able to transmute your own records or the misuse of energy, you'll gradually notice the change in you as a decrease in selfishness and an increase in awareness. And you'll realize then, just you're doing this for you, it's, that it's not that difficult to add the names of your family and the negative conditions in your city and the nation and the planet into your calls for transmutation each day. And you can work with the violet flame to bring about an increase of energy and freedom, joy, mercy, and forgiveness in yourself and those you care for. So you can help change this dark world into a world of spiritual light and energy, which is what Anna is teaching. And this growing state of freedom from your recent and distant past uh, your prayers for transmutation would count as being a good steward of the Creator's energy, and it would also be noted by your elder brothers and sisters that you are becoming a, a responsible, caring inheritor of cosmos. So that, in a nutshell, is the background uh, behind the violet flame, the I Am Presence, and how transmutation works in you. Did you have any questions? Yeah, I just wish you could keep going. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the interesting thing is, this is free. There, there's no cost to this. It's your, um, your how you pace this. And that for, for me, like I've been doing this since 84, and it's just a lifestyle thing for me. And, and, and Anna's teaching is also a lifetime, lifestyle thing. And we sort of have the same um, pairing of, you know, the, the same, um, 
Well, we're reflection of, of God's zeal in, in, in this. And we, we realize this is a gift that's free. We can access this at any time, at any day, uh, on, and it's as easy to call for everyone on the planet as it is for ourselves. So it's easy to be generous, and it's a, an uplifting freedom feeling that you just want to share. And that's, that's the zeal that you hear in Anna's voice. She's so charged about this that, you know, you can tell it in her voice. She wants everyone to know. And, and this is like free for everyone about getting free from your own records. And it's, it's kind of like a little bit of a, uh, a shock to think, wait a minute, I've lived many, many lives and I've made many, many mistakes, but I don't have to be stuck with that. I can clean it up. And if I'm looking forward to what am I doing in the next thousand years, what am I doing in the next 10,000 years, what am I doing in the next million years, I don't want to be stuck in a Groundhog Day type situation where I'm coming back life after life and doing the same stupid things and making the same mistakes. And I want to get out of here and I want to be a cosmic co-creator with God. I want to be trusted by God to build things that are really genuinely creative and good and helpful. So uh, this is the process. This is the way, capital W, that Jesus talked about, about getting free from your errors. He carried our baggage for a while, and now he's saying, okay, guys, it's your turn. You're adults now. You're no longer children. You need to know how to deal with your own baggage, your own karmic baggage from your previous lives, and lift your mind out of your video games and the sports programs and get with the program because Cosmos is still expanding and you get to be a part of building it. But you have the tools. You know, you have the tools. Every single person has the tools and the capability to improve their life, to live a free, joyful, peaceful life full of abundance and prosperity. That gift is yours to take, and it's free. There is no reason why every single on the, uh, person on the planet is not using the violet flame in their life. There really isn't. Mm-hmm. Wow. Can I ask a question? Um, and it's in terms of uh, moving from, like, time bondage to time freedom. And then with the pandemic, um, if you could give, like, some literal examples of um, how to use this to improve your finances or some people's living arrangements. Maybe they want to, like you said, they're kind of stuck in the same rut over and over again. Maybe their their place is too small. They have too many siblings, I mean, too many children, and they want a bigger space, but they don't see a way out. Could you give some literal examples of how to move out of time bondage to time freedom and then maybe improving finances or overall financial health and then demonstrating, like, you know, Maybe a person's in a small apartment, they have four kids, they need a little bit bigger apartment, or maybe they need a single-family home of how this could be illustrated. Do you want to take your first shot at that, Anna? Go ahead. You know, using the violet flame, as we said before, there is preparation before you can actually start manifesting into your life. 
And that actually has a lot to do with your mental, emotional, physical, and spiritual belief systems. What is in your mind? Do you believe that you have the capability and that only good comes to you? Do you feel that that only good comes to you? Do you feel that you have the power to change things? Do you believe and know that you have God's support in the power to change? All of these different facets in your consciousness field must first be addressed. You cannot live in a lack and survival stage and, uh, you know, and, and, and just and, and a victim mentality and expect great things to come to you. You have to align yourself with the energies of hope and faith and, and your physical and mental and emotional properties of you deserve all of this. And you have the power and the strength and the courage to not only overcome challenges, but bring forth whatever it is in your mind, whether it's that house, a new car, or any kind of or a relationship problem, that you can overcome and have the confidence to do that. I would I would add to that too, um, in terms of practical sense. I, I would say uh, if you got someone in this condition, crowded housing, um, everyone stepping on each other's toes, you're you're in a miserable situation. So you need to step out of it, go for a walk in the park, sit on the beach, go somewhere private, and just talk to God about it, and be blunt and straight with God, and say I'm miserable. I've got a, uh, these conditions, and I, I, I'm saying I'm not happy with it, and I want help to get out of it. That's the first step. You've got to ask for help and go to the source because God knows you deserve opulence and prosperity and everything you need to live harmoniously. If you're living miserably, that's not God's will. So God's listening. You go to God and you talk and say, okay, Here's the problem. You know I've got the problem. I know I've got it. And let's partner now to get us and my family out of this. So God would, would respond in, intuitively and say, okay, well, what do you want? Tell me what you want, and let's talk about it. So if you've got an ideal that you can pick from uh, a home design or a, a, a place in the same city a different city, somewhere that's going to be your dream place, go ahead and get a picture of it or pictures and find out about it. Put them on your knee, on your lap, show them up into the, you know, into the air, whatever it is, and say, God, if it's your will, please help me to find my way out of this miserable situation into a harmonious situation. And my will, your will, Let's join, and the energy will create over time, maybe not right away that night, that day, but sooner or later, man proposes, God disposes. So the outcome from that is go ahead and propose. Tell your folks that are living in crowded conditions, talk to God and propose. What do you want? Is it something that's reasonable? And it can be, um, you know, not necessarily a, you know, a, a zillion dollar mansion, but something that is fair and reasonable that will make your family happy. Go ahead and propose it to God. And not only that, but I wanted to add uh, that not only proposing is important, 
but you have to follow through with your consciousness fields and believe it. You have to see it in your mind, and you have to think that you are capable of getting it because that's so important. You have to be able to, you know, when you connect with the source God, you know, God will help those who help themselves as well. So you have to be able to literally not only connect to the source, but see it, believe it, and act. In, in the appropriate manner. Go after it in whatever way that you can. You know, use your physical body, use your mind, use your, your emotions to, to support that conversation so that it does manifest into your physical reality. So, you, yeah, you've got a, a two-way process going between you and God. There's a figure-eight flow. And to follow on what Anna said, you've got to... Attitude is everything. And if you think of yourself as a victim rather than a, a victor, well, you'll you'll be still in that Groundhog Day, you know, perpetuating that misery. Right, which but is a low say, vibration. Uh, yeah, that's a survival low vibration. You want to get out of that survival vibration into a, an abundance uh, sense. Like, I deserve what is reasonable for myself and my family to live harmoniously. So that may come in the form of an answer to your prayer, by um, a job offer or a way to stop uh, losing money that was, you know, that, that's perpetuating the situation. God is very practical. You have to be practical, too. So you have to be listening and aware that when God uh, is going to respond, it's going to be in a practical way for you to find the means. And you've got to have the attitude that only good comes to me, and I deserve this because... God and I have this relationship of, of devotion to each other. God loves me, I love God, and the will of God is, is identical in both of us for, for what is fair and reasonable for a harmonious and, and, and creative life. It's very important to change the perception from the survival and lack mentality to the mm-hmm. I deserve it, and it, it will come to me. In fact, it is coming to me now. A change of perception works wonders because the change of perception in the mind affects what you see in your mind and it also affects the feelings that you have and by the same token it affects the the belief system and the spiritual faith hope and love that god has for you and that so Dwight, kind of perception did, did, did we answer the question are, are we are we spot on or is is there more to yeah yeah, yeah i think it's i think it's spot on um Let's let's take maybe a person that's uh, and Dr. Andy, you may want to chime in. Let's take a person that's been through, I guess, like generations and generations of, of poverty or being like on welfare. Give us like an A, B, C, one, two, three, step by step on how they can, I guess, tap into their belief system and begin to rearrange those those beliefs, those thoughts, those strongholds, those ties. Go ahead, Anna. First thing you have to look at is how are you feeling about yourself? Because looking at your own belief system tells you a lot about who you are and what you think of yourself. You have to think of yourself as valuable. You start there. You are valuable and you are deserving. And not only are you valuable and deserving, but you're a spiritual being that has tremendous power and strength. And once you realize that you're important and that you have all the tools that you need in order to change your life, then you move from there. 
then you move from there. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. It's it's all about attitude and all about what you want to visualize as as what you're going to become. So it, it's it's the power of imagination and the power of attitude to say, okay, if I deserve something, what is something? Define something. Show me. Show me something. Show me a picture. Show me uh, a, a person. Show me a hero. Show me someone that I want to be like, someone that's been where I was, where I am now, and, and have gotten out of it. Find me a role model. Find me a hero, and then sh- uh, show me how they did it. And you'll find it has to do with attitude and visualizing the the thing that's missing. Identify the thing that's missing. So can you write down the thing that's missing? And belief system as well. You've got to be able to believe that you are strong enough and that what you, that you can manifest what you need. Because there is no limit. Human beings are limitless. Soul is it's endless. It's limitless. And if you really put your mind, heart, and a belief system and that connection with God, knowing that God is always there and God answers prayers if you petition. So that belief system is also very important. You've got to, it's a, you know, uh, the whole being consists of a lot of consciousness levels. And you have to be aligned with all of that to feel valuable, to feel powerful. And not only to feel and to know that you're powerful, but to be able to use energy, to transmute, to be able to use matter. To Matter, meaning that you can take thoughts out of your consciousness and you can literally bring them forth into your physical reality. Because now you have aligned and you are working with spirit. And spirit is all-powerful. If I could add to that, too, that... Um, sometimes people uh, stay in this generation-to-generation generation, uh, cycle uh, because either someone has told them that this is normal or they have told themselves that this is normal or both. And so without anything coming Or they the feel outside, undeserving, too. I just want to point yeah. that out. Or they just feel simply undeserving that, yeah. you know... So you change that. And forgotten by God. And I need to add that because I get that a lot on my seminar. People really feel forgotten about uh, that God forgets about them. They feel forgotten, and that's not the case. That's never the case. You are God. How could God forget about a part of himself? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Stephen, um, have you ever, you talked about imagination. I think that's powerful. Not many people really touch on that. Have you ever, like, been in a situation where you had to demonstrate maybe, like, you know, $1,000 or Fourteen hundred dollars, and you used your imagination, and you made it happen, or any amount. I'm just coming with um, figures that everybody can really relate to. Yeah, um, uh, whatever the the amount it is, uh, where I've said, well, I I, I need this for that. Um, there's there's a connection between um, how much money I, I need and, and what it's for. So there's a purpose. So uh, I would take the need and the purpose and the package to my altar or wherever I'm sitting because I've got a heart in me that is related to God. There's God in me, and the altar walks around with me wherever I go. So if it is a constructive thing that you want this money for because it's a purpose, you talk to God about it. You confide in it, 
uh, uh, to, to God and say, is it your will? If not this, then something better. Show me how to do this. Show me what to pray for. Show me how to do this. And then you listen. And God often speaks in intuition, like a sudden flash thought or someone, a friend comes to mind or some connection comes to mind where there's a practical way to get the money you need. And if it's for a constructive purpose, sometimes it takes a little bit of planning. Sometimes you have to say, okay, if I want this money, the way I see it, it is that if I work an extra shift or I work overtime or I ha- uh, create a savings plan or something like that, I can get it done in a certain time. Uh, so you add the time element into your prayer to God. And this, this idea of partnership with God sort of emphasizes this idea that you're talking to someone who is intelligent and loving and kind and is absolutely helping you at every possible practical way to get what you need if it's the will of God and your will combined it's going to come together so you think okay come together in a practical way what's practical and if you think it through you go back to your altar again where you can be sitting in a park you can be sitting in your car in traffic and you make a quick prayer to God and you say okay God if this is a, um, a thing that I'm going to have to do over time, is there any quicker way that it can be done? Or if not this, show me something better. So this partnership keeps reinforcing the, this idea. You deserve this prosperity. You deserve what you need. It's not a short-term solution because God wants to look at the, the long game. What is the long game of what you're doing with the whole life? not just the purpose for this particular money, but see beyond this particular purpose. How does it fit into the whole life that you're living in partnership with God? What's your life plan, and where does this prayer, this purpose, this particular need for money fit in the entire big picture of your life plan? Nicely stated. Do you have an example, Dr. Harvey? I pretty much agree with everything that Stephen had said, and I use the violet flame, you know, consistently in my life. Visualization is very important. Creative visualization. And I might add pure intent. You know, when you are asking God for something, the intent must be pure. Mm-hmm. It, it has to be for, you know, <laughs> honorable reasons. It has to be to ensure that it is assisting you. It cannot be for, you know, ill gains or for some kind of a, you know, a, a discordant nature type thing. So pure intent, absolutely, and creative visualization. And talk to God. Like I said, talk to God, because the more you talk to God and the more you're on the receiving end of that conversation, the higher your vibrations become. You see, when you are in constant connection with God, the source consciousness, you are automatically raising your mental, emotional, physical, sensory, and spiritual um, vibrations because you're in contact with God, and you are receiving pure messages. You are receiving divine guidance. So that already raises you to a higher level. When you are speaking with God, and you are aligned, meaning in your mind, in your emotions, in your belief system, and in your just divine nature, because you are God, that belief system alone that you are deserving, that you are valuable, 
when you are using creative visualization, the energy does respond. God does respond. The universe does respond. And it will bring into your life what, what, um, what you need. You know, I use it for my seminars as well. You know, some, and I'll give you one perfect example. There was one seminar that we were doing that I just couldn't get the space for. There was, you know, we tried everything to get this one theater, and it was just not possible. I started using creative visualization and being in constant communication with God. I aligned my mental, my thoughts. I, I had the image of my mind that I wanted at that theater. I felt it that there was nothing that's going to stop me from getting that theater on that particular day. And I used my spiritual consciousness, my spiritual field, to believe that God is the source, and here I am in service to God. This is a pure intent. I want to help the planet. I want to raise the consciousness of the planet. I need this space. And I felt like the people that were coming to see my seminar that day needed to hear my message. And lo and behold, a week later, the event that they had canceled, and I was able to get to theater. So that, wow. that is one experience that I hold so valuable to my heart, because it just really solidifies and proves that a pure intention of service, whether, whether it's something that positive you're trying to get for your life or just something positive for somebody else, this works. The communication with the source consciousness, losing all your consciousness feels, to see it, to think it, to believe it, and to know that God is real and He's hearing you. And with that pure intent, it manifested. It manifested. I can't give you a better example than that, because to me, you know, materialism and money is not nearly as important enough as knowing that whatever challenges are before me, I have the source consciousness. I'm connected to that I am presence and through the violet flame and total and being in total harmony with my consciousness field, there is nothing to stop me. At that last hour, your manifestation will come. And I just wanted to mention something else. When you are dealing with energy, don't ever put a time limit on when you want something. It takes a lot for the universe to rearrange itself, to be able to give you your desire. So be very careful when you are using different decrees or when you're, when you're working with energy about putting time limits on something, you know. In this particular case, I wanted the theater for that day because we were going to be in town and, you know, we're on a tour, so we have a schedule, so it was on our way. So it, it happened that, yes, it, it totally manifested for me. To, you know, and I give glory to God to this day because, again, I'm of service. It was perfectly aligned. My pure intent reached God, and God made it happen. I was vibrating high on all my consciousness fields. I knew it. I knew. I saw it. I felt it. I knew that I was going to get it. I was not worried. I was not anxious. I was not depressed over it. I wasn't frustrated. I knew something would happen, and that theater would open up for me. That slot would, and it did. But that is just one, one situation. I really caution people about putting time limits on your desires. Allow God to work his miracle in his own way, because he knows better than you when you need something. Okay, when it should materialize for you. I want to ask Stephen a question in just a second. Uh, we're live on the spinoff show, The Sophomore Project, The Experience, Volume 7. Today's show is titled Spiritual Alchemy and Metaphysical Experiences, Creating Miracles and Mystical Manifestations. Now, with your host, Lee, the show dives in, deep dives into spiritual, mental, physical, and financial phenomena 
and how reality really works. Uh, to find out more about me, you can go to www.suddenimpact.com or www.suddenimpact.com. I also want to recommend uh, my number one Amazon, number one best-selling book, School of Self-Transformation, that's available on Amazon.com. And I also want to recommend that you subscribe to the show on BBS Radio. Uh, phenomenal fee starts as low as two ninety nine. Uh, on the Sudden Eye Impact Show and the sophomore project, The Experience, I bring on keynote speakers that are subject matter experts in various fields uh, that try to uh, be of service, helping the audience and raising the overall consciousness of the universe, the globe. Uh, we have the guest today, Dr. Anna Harvey and Stephen Webb. Steve, I want to ask a question. What about a person that's, you know, they're in a job where, you know, they're just, like you said, they're in survival mode. They feel like that's all they can do or they're just sticking to it just to be able to make uh, means to an end. But they they are being disvalued and they don't like it, but they're just there you know, just trying to pay their bills and take care of their kids. Is there some insight that you can give us to maybe help them transition to, you know, a better job that's maybe suitable for their skill set? You know, like they're a determined person, but they don't want to let go of that because they feel like, hey, if I don't have this paycheck coming in, then, you know, we'll lose our apartment, we'll get put out, you know, kind of operating out of a mode of fear. Is there something you would like to share with us about that? Yeah, I would say, I would say change the attitude of uh, the value of your skill set. Skill sets can be expanded. Uh, you can um, look at a, a certain setting where you're getting a certain hourly rate for a certain skill set, and, and the fear of the gap if you move from there to something uncertain is paralyzing. So you don't, you know, you think, uh, you know, the safest thing is to do nothing. So you use your time well by going to the altar wherever you are. And, and, and like I said, if you can be sitting in the car, sitting in the park or anywhere, get away from distractions like, you know, noise and TV and video games, go somewhere that, that's peaceful and, and admit to yourself and admit to God, this isn't working. And if it's not working, then what? So man proposes, God disposes. To propose an idea to God, you've got to have a, um, a sense that there is something better. What is it? Go research. Go explore. Go ask people. As I said, look for heroes. Look for role models. Look for people that have done this before you and ask them how they did it, or figure out how they did it, and say, okay, you know, uh, I, I, I want to use my skill set in a better way. Is there a training that I can go to? Can I find a way to pay for the training or get it free? How can I do it online? How can I get a friend to encourage me and to get me out of my victim attitude and my uh, paralysis sense that I, I can't move on this? So, you know, God can be a friend. God can send friends who are physical and visible in front of you. Ask for friends. Man proposes, God disposes, and if you need an encouragement, 
from someone to say, you're worth it. You can do it. I've got an idea. Pray for that. Pray for everything you, you, you can think of because you deserve it. And God doesn't want you to be stuck in that state of paralysis where you think, I can't move from this job because you can't imagine something else or something better. Ask, what do I pray for? What do I look for? And, and you change your attitude and this pure intent that Anna's talking about is very, very important. God is pure. And if you feel that you're not pure and that that makes you sort of unworthy to talk to God, Change your attitude because at, at, at the soul level, God sees you as pure. There's no issue uh, with, with God uh, you know, about what you're at. You can become purer, but it begins with your intent. So say, you know, I want to have the purest intent for this change. Show me how that should be. And your intuition clicks in and says, okay, I, I know what that means. There's a conscience in you. That's the Christ in you that knows your imperfections and it knows your perfection. And it'll help navigate. So look for friends. Begin with God and look for people around you and say, who will be an all-weather friend for me? And God and, and the saints, the ascended masters, are always there. They, they can always be that friend. So um, paralysis is the problem and fear of moving. And you say... That's temporary. I want it out of my way. So there's a certain determination. You've got to have a determination to imagine and research and say, I want to go further. You've got an expanding universe in your little world, and if the job and the, and the, and the money situation is confining, expand your narrow room because you deserve a bigger room. Nicely stated. Can I ask you about two... Uh, miracles like from the Bible. Mm -hmm. um, two that stand out to me is like when they needed rain and Elijah told them to dig ditches and then the uh, multiplication of the little lads, uh, bread and fish. Yeah, Dwight, I, I think I just lost you on that call i i, I lost are you, are you are you yeah okay i got you back i got you back yeah 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 i okay. wanted to see like maybe like if if all of this was in the works and that the the multiplication of the food the bread and the two fish and then yeah. when they were told to dig the ditches i think it was in yeah. second kings uh -huh. i think it was chapter three i'm not sure um yeah that's, like they that's really the required the miracle yeah, okay, what, what was happening there is that, and, and Anna can speak to this too, but when you dig ditches, uh, you are having to imagine, or you know, the, the purpose of digging a ditch um, is to see water in it as you're digging it, or as, as you've done it. You imagine water flowing in it, and that begins the, the uh, precipitation of the abundance of the rain. So it, it, <laughs> digging a ditch isn't going to actually create it. What creates it, is, uh, the rain, is the expectation you had of change. You're, you're expecting a drought because it's been a drought for the last days or weeks. So digging a ditch changed your expectations because you see the water in it. And that is the attitude change 
where you you're going from victim to you know the the abundant ways. So um, Anna can expand on that, and then also the loaves and the fishes. When Jesus did that uh, by the Sea of Galilee, he had the people line up in um, in rows and rows of fifty. So what he was doing was he was visualizing a a matrix of um, uh, and you know I'm I don't pretend to be at, at Jesus' level of mastery and precipitation, but he visualized a uh, enough fish and he knew the atomic uh, structure of a fish and what a fish was like. He in other words he had practiced precipitation and simply did it on a scale that was uh, appropriate for the occasion and. He needed the people to line up in rows of 50, and so he could make a, a visual assessment of the scale and scope of what he was precipitating from his mind. And as as Anna said, if your intent is pure, and it is the will of God, and you see the need of these brothers and sisters, uh, and you have practiced the process of alchemical precipitation, then that will be made manifest. It'll happen. But it comes from practice, and it comes from the attitude, I can do this. I know how to do this because I have access to primordial substance, and it comes from God's mind. God created the whole of cosmos by visualization and fiat. Let there be light. We are made in the same image as him, as, as God, so we can do the same thing at a micro scale on our level, and he expects us to take dominion over our level and to be able to do things and precipitate things so we don't have a shortage. So for us, it's imagining the pure intent of what we need or people around us need, and then a practical way is done through practicing. So practice makes perfect. An attitude of being uh, worthy is very, very important. So it's sort of a package, and Anna teaches this package uh, through the LEP thing. Right. Expectancy is also key in having the confidence that God does hear you and that you are working with, with energy. Basically, it all boils down to things in your, in your conscious mind can be brought into physical reality, no matter what that is, because you're just basing, you're changing matter. That's all that is. You know, just like Stephen said, it is true. Energy cannot be created or destroyed. So if you have if you have something that's negative in your life, you can transmute that. You can't destroy it. But to the violet flame, it's so powerful that you can not only create desires and manifest things with your pure intention and your I am presence and that connection and the expectancy, the belief, and your total alignment with who you are through, again, those mental, emotional, physical. It's got to be a spiritual uh, consciousness field. It has to be a whole package because you cannot think high thoughts and feel badly about yourself. You know, you're, you're not aligned. You can't say with words, I am terrific and I feel valuable and, and I deserve everything that, you know, I, I need in my life and not feel it and not believe it. So it's so important to align yourself when you, if you want to work with, with energy. And use that intention, that pure intention. God hears you. I can't stress that enough. God hears you. The source consciousness, if you don't want to call it God, the source consciousness, the source of all that is, knows you. It knows every particle of you because it is you. 
And that power can be yours too. You can tap into that power and, and you can create with that power, which is God's source. And Dwight, I think it's so interesting that you chose these two examples from the Old Testament and, and the New Testament, which were, you know, 3,000 years ago, 2,000 years ago. It points to the timelessness of the process that Anne is talking about. This attitude of, of expectation and a pure intent and the worthiness, you're worthy of that, that was true 3,000 years ago, 2,000 years ago, 1,000 years ago. It'll be true 5,000 years from now. The principle that God created the universe with is, is operating in us now. It has been in our past, and it'll be in our future. So this is an ongoing thing where if you've got people that, are, that you know that are living in, in, in shortfall or shortage, it's their attitude that needs to be uh, shown in a, in a brotherly, kind, sisterly way. Uh, there's a stream of abundance flowing right by you. You're actually standing in the water. You just have to know to, to, to dip down and how to cup it in your hand, bring it to your mouth and put it in your mouth and drink the, this abundance that you're standing in. It's all around you. It's flowing right past you. It's energy that you can tap into and in the past, in Kings or in, in uh, you know, the, uh, the New Testament, it's a timeless flow that's going right by you, and you shouldn't miss it. No one should miss this abundant flow. You just have to say, God created the flow for me. If I've got a shortage, it's not God's fault. It's my fault for not dipping into the flow. Nice. I want to ask one more, because I had no idea that I would even ask that, honestly. And so now it just came to me to ask you about this. What happened with, with, with the corn in the fish's mouth to pay the taxes? What happened with the what and, and the, the what? You know, when, when uh, Jesus asked, it's basically they were told about paying taxes or whatever, and he oh, told yeah, them yeah. to go to the, the lake and that he would find a coin in the fish's mouth. Um... Is that the one from the Old Testament? Are you talking about the book uh, of Matthew Moses? seventeen twenty seven? Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm actually not not familiar with with that. Um, um, you know, so uh, that particular uh, verse from Matthew, I'm not familiar with. But the principle that you're asking about is is what? Uh, basically, they were they tried to basically call Jesus on the carpet, and so Jesus asked Peter. Uh, does your master pay tribute? And I think that was a process of visual, creative visualization with expectation because he already knew what was going to happen. But I believe Peter was in a state of disbelief, and Jesus mm-hmm. gave him the instruction to go to the water, and the first fish that cometh up, that there will be a coin in his mouth, which mm-hmm. was more than enough to pay the tax. Yeah, Peter, Peter was quite a character, uh, and in fact all the apostles were... Apart from John, uh, Jesus rebuked them a number of times because they didn't have faith, and so he, he had to demonstrate these things to them because, uh, you know, they, they just didn't believe that he had the power. They, they said he was the Son of God. They agreed that, but they didn't quite understand and needed constant proof that being the Son of God, being at that uh, level of, of mastery, he had access to universal substance and could visualize and precipitate it and was basically saying, if I can do this, you can too. 
but you've got to have the right attitude of belief and practice, practice, practice. Uh, they, they never really got to first base beyond their belief to begin the practice. And that's why he had to do these demonstrations to say, you know, come on, uh, you know, if I can do this, then there's a universal way of you learning how to do it too. Wow. Can I ask another question? Does double numbers mean anything to you? Say it again. I didn't quite hear that that last sentence. Like when you see, like uh, like today, I've saw and I've seen it before. I heard different takeouts on it, but I was just wanting to ask you personally: Does double numbers like eleven eleven on the clock? You look up at it's eleven eleven. Does that mean anything to you? Um, the the numbers thirty three uh, sort of are a little nod and a wink uh, from Saint Germain to me. Uh, that number is significant, 33. Um, and it's, it's sort of like um, a, it sort of has a reference to other things in your spiritual anatomy. Um, you know, you have a threefold flame behind your physical heart, and this, this flame is not hot, it's not physical, it is God, and it's, it's in three different plumes. And it's, uh, it's love, wisdom, and power as God expresses it, and it's this sort of constant, um, ongoing flame. It's tiny. In most people, it's like one-sixteenth of an inch. But that presence of God in them is enough to make them seem bright and light and cheery and able to get on with their world. And when you think of the power that was in Jesus and the resurrection flame, when he disappeared from that group of witnesses on Bethany Hill in a cloud, that cloud around him was that threefold flame behind his physical heart that was perfectly balanced. These, these three qualities of love, wisdom, and power. And they were rotating. And they rotated so fast in him in, in, internally that they lightened, or, or, or let's say they increased the speed of the electrons around the atoms in his physical body so that they were going so fast, he, he was not responsive to gravity anymore. And this cloud was nine feet high and six feet wide around him that was internally generated from his own threefold flame. And that was the ascension process within this resurrection flame, which is colored like a mother-of-pearl color, because it's all these colors swirling so fast, and rotating around him in this, this brilliant cloud. And he became invisible and not subject to gravity because of the change at the subatomic level. And this is called the resurrection flame. And it's, it's generated internally from you. And Jesus did that as a public demonstration. And he often said to his apostles and, and to, to people that he would talk to, follow me. In other words, he did these public demonstrations to say, what I have in me, I've learned and practiced, and uh, I've, I've attuned myself to God. And my expectations are that I don't have to be uh, held down by the conditions of this, of this world. Uh, I can demonstrate to you, and what I can do, you can do. This flame of, of divinity in me is also in you. And he was teaching his apostles that in the upper room. And so this is part of the divinity that helps you think, I'm not a victim. I'm part of God. I'm a, a chip off the old block. I am made by God. 
and God would not live in misery or shortfall or anything like that. So I have the power of God in me to to do what Jesus did. And if it takes a little bit of practice, I'm going to believe I can get started. Nicely stated. Can, um, so you're the publishing director for Summit? So That's right, yeah. So basically, like, um, books are submitted to you and... You work out deals? Well, actually, no. Um, it's it's a little uh, different from that. Uh, we don't sort of generally publish books from the public. We publish books from the Ascended Masters. And I mentioned, um, and Anna mentioned, too, that the I Am movement was active in, in the 30s and 40s. The, the Summit Lighthouse uh, began in the 50s and 60s, and it's still going. The Ascended Masters... Uh, taught through their messengers. This is not like a channeling thing. This is like um, a, a uh, Old Testament, New Testament prophet thing where 2,000 years later, the masters had a dispensation through these different movements, and uh, they are the books that we publish of the Ascended Masters' teachings. We don't generally publish teachings from the public. We are teaching from the Ascended Masters themselves. So the teaching that I mentioned earlier about um, the, uh, the, the process of transmutation between uh, spirit and matter, between uh, form and formlessness, that cannot come from a, a, um, a physicist, a quantum physicist, any kind of scientist, because it's it's beyond current science. There is no peer-reviewed science that can uh, make that teaching. That comes from Saint Germain. There, this teaching about zeal. No one uses the word zeal. That's an ascended master term about the power and the intensity of God's love and devotion for us. That appears as zeal. We we normally don't use that word because we don't display it that much. But God does. Think of the zeal that it takes to create a cosmos. Uh, you know, 93 billion light years across and, and expanding. That is power. And to make it work and not collapse, it's got to be orderly. It's got to have love and harmony and beauty in it. It's got to be sustainable for eternally. And so that is zeal. It's love, wisdom, and power all working simultaneously and harmoniously. And that comes through in transmutation when you ask for it. Man proposes, God disposes. You ask for transmutation, and God delivers it through zeal. And you don't necessarily consciously know what's going on, but masters like St. Germain do know, they see, and they direct it for us as a caring elder brother, because that's what they do. That's why they are Christed beings, because they love so much. They are basically God in physical manifestation. They're God in, in, in man form, or in, in their case, sainted form, or ascended master form. And we're meant to be like them. But these teachings that Summit University Press publishes comes from them, and it's in terms and terminology and concepts that are beyond current physics. And so those are the books we publish, and we have uh, over 100 titles published 
Uh, about 80 of them are through um, commercial distributors. You can find them in Amazon and, and online and, you know, the, the normal commercial bookstores, uh, you know, nationwide, worldwide. Uh, there are about 85 in, in the commercial market now. So we are exclusively uh, publishing the Ascended Master's teachings, and that means we are not like a normal publisher. Gotcha. Yeah, I wanted to get more understanding on that. Um, yeah. Go to wow. Summit University... SummitUniversityPress.com. Just take a note and, you know, after the show, go check out SummitUniversityPress.com and you'll see um, the two messengers that the the masters used uh, were Mark Prophet and Elizabeth Clare Prophet. And, you know, dig into them a a bit. They are the the pure messengers that uh, simply are the amanuensis. They, They deliver the dictations and the lectures from the masters because uh, the masters uh, find it very difficult to come to our level, but they work through people that are uh, specifically suited and have a karmic history of cooperation with them over thousands of years. Uh, Mark and Elizabeth Prophet were uh, qualified over thousands of years for that role. It's not just something that's random. It's a very long process of training and they were qualified for this. So um, Mark and Elizabeth Prophet uh, were the messengers for the Summit Lighthouse. Uh, Mark Prophet uh, passed on in 73. Elizabeth Claire Prophet passed on in 09, 2009. But they left a cornucopia of teachings from the masters through them, uh, so much so that we're still publishing. Uh, we've got uh, 15 books coming out this year, uh, all from the Ascended Masters teachings through these two messengers. Wow. And you're saying the last name, P-R-O-P-H-E-T? Correct. Yeah, just like, okay. you know, the, the, the yeah, wow. P-R-O-P-H-E-T. Elizabeth Clare Prophet and Mark Prophet, and they are the messengers for the Ascended Masters. And the Ascended Masters don't have a, uh, a, a religion like we do. There's no Christianity, Buddhism, or Islam, or Hinduism in heaven. It's all one devotion. It's all one nationality. It's all one culture. There are no passports in heaven. There's no restrictions to travel. And, of course, there's no disease. There's no COVID. There's none of that stuff in heaven. It, it is uh, simply uh, normal. We are meant to be immortal. We are meant to live in heaven. And where we are currently is subnormal. We're kind of like uh, in grade school, and there's all these uh, grades above us that are waiting for us to graduate to them. And that's where real, genuine prosperity and creativity begins. Heaven is normal. Where we are is, is in, in a schoolroom waiting to be qualified. And we just have to say, you know, there's a flow of energy and a flow of abundance and a flow of teaching that is so available and, and all around us for, the, for the, just the taking and the absorbing and the practicing and just like you practice at football or practice at surfing or tennis or something like that, you practice with the tools and the energy that God's given us. And you, as, as Anna would say, and she teaches this, this marvelous uh, the technique of being aware, consciously aware of where your emotions are. If you're in a downer or if you're, uh, you know, um, dealing with alcohol or, you know, stuff that, that's slowing you down and making you dense, 
that's a block to the river of abundance that you're standing in and it's flowing all around you. So you get out of those distractions and, and, uh, and you become aware, like the, this technique, the LEP technique that Anna teaches, you become aware of your emotions, aware of your a mental state, uh, your, um, everything has to be balanced. And that's sort of like the, the analogy that Jesus said about the city four square. That's your mental health, your physical health, your emotional health, and your spiritual health, all equally balanced, and that's what you build the foundation of your life on. And if you've got an imbalance in your physical health, uh, it behooves you to move, to, to fix it. In, in your, your mental or your financial health, you need to get your house all squared up and even. And when you have an even platform to build your life on, these teachings allow you to clean the karmic record that you have from this life and all previous lives because you're meant to graduate from this school. This earth, this physical earth that we see right now is a schoolroom and we're meant to graduate from it. It's not where we're going to be a thousand years from now. I hope that we're all out of here, uh, you know, in less than the next 2,000 years. And out of here simply means we're in the next level of earth which is heaven. And we think it's unattainable and sainthood is unattainable because it's just for the few. That's a condemnation and a projection of unworthiness on us that isn't real. We are worthy of immortality. We are worthy to be saints. We are worthy to live in heaven. But people just say, uh, you know, that's for the few. It's not for you. Well, it is. Nicely stated. Um, what did you say Godfrey King's name was? A Godfrey Ray King. And there's, he has uh, phenomenal books called The Discourses that I absolutely recommend to everybody. Godfrey Ray King, and the books are called The Discourses. Mm-hmm. And yeah, he was, was there he was another name, uh, alias that went by? I'm sorry, I missed that. Was there an alias... Uh, a name that also was related to Godfrey King, I think he said. Well, he, his name was Guy Ballard, but his book oh, was Guy Ballard. Godfrey okay. Ray mm-hmm. King. Okay. Wow. Yeah, Godfrey Ray King was his pen name. Okay, okay. He was a, wow. a messenger similar to the prophet, mm-hmm. which, by, uh, by the way, I also strongly recommend. Great book. Wow. Do check out, do check out um, Summit when you can. Um, yes, ma'am. because I think you'll find a lot of great information there as well. Yeah, and that teaching that I, I mentioned on, on the Violet Flame, that transmutation, that's going to be included in um, Nine Cats, Nine Lives, which is coming out this summer. Uh, and that's on um, uh, it's the uh, lives of um, nine influential people, including Winston Churchill, Margaret Thatcher, Al Capone, uh, um, FDR, Roosevelt, um, mm-hmm. Charles Lindbergh, um, Henry Ford, uh, the feminist, uh, Anais Nin, the baseball player, uh, uh, Babe Ruth, and um, Elizabeth Clare Prophet herself. So uh, the, these teachings go back way, way back, like 30,000 years ago into um, Atlantis, when Atlantis was not an advanced civilization, it was a, it was a primitive civilization. But the laws of karma still apply, whether you're in a prosperous or a caveman situation, it still applies. So 
these influential people that we think of as very important, they had some messy previous lives, and this is a really great teaching on it, and the teaching on the violet flame that I mentioned earlier uh, does come from St. Germain, uh, and it is included in this book. And and that will be out. And there's another one, St. Germain, The Mystery of the Violet Flame, that will also be out this uh, uh, this summer. And the third one, How to Work with Your Chakras, that includes teachings on your heart chakra, which is a, a, a part of your spiritual anatomy behind your physical anatomy. In, in other words, your physical heart is behind the physical heart, but it's not on the um, tangible physical level. It's a spiritual part of you that, you know, you don't see. So we're sort of so used to science saying you can only prove what you can see. Well, Mm -hmm. you know, God goes way beyond that, and the Ascended Master's teachings go way beyond that. They simply can't wait for physicists to catch up with uh, the divine reality of what Jesus was able to demonstrate 2,000 years ago and what the prophets were able to, to demonstrate um, you know, things like uh, the walls of Jericho coming down. There mm-hmm. is science that was, was practiced thousands of years ago that physicists haven't, haven't been able to grapple with. And the masters just say, okay, you know, people sort of idolize scientists and physicists and astronomers and they think that they're leaving minds on the world. They're not. They're actually a little plodding. They're a little slow moving. That affects it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wow. So, yeah, there's a lot of great uh, information. A lot of great information um, out on there. And I just wanted to mention something very quickly to your listeners. You know, using the LED frequency tool will not only help you in this lifetime, but please remember that whatever the frequency you are, however, you, you know, where you are vibrating, because we're 100% energy and we're going back to God, who's also pure energy, that is going to be a placement in the afterlife as well. So not only is it important to use the LEP frequency tool for this lifetime to create your desire to eliminate discord in your life and to balance karma, but that but once you do that, you actually have higher placement in the afterlife. And that's so important because just like Steve Stephen said, this is a school. You don't want to just graduate. You want to graduate with honor. And you want to get as much knowledge and expansion of the consciousness that you can because it's through that expansion of the consciousness that raises your vibrational frequency, not only in this world, but in the afterlife. Wow. Yeah, and I, I could add, too, that in the afterlife, your, your consciousness doesn't die. Your physical body wears out, and, and it, it's, it stops, and your mental processes stop. But the soul part of you that survived thousands of, of, of physical deaths before, it continues in consciousness and it's not a whole lot different from where you are now. In other words, if you've got a sense of limitation uh, or a sense of self-aggrandizement or, you know, whatever the distortion is, it continues on. And it does affect the post-life briefing that the angels and the masters sit down with you after this life and they say, okay, here's what you planned and promised you would do at the beginning of this life. Here's the results at the end of this life. You tell us, you know, did you did you hit the mark? And, right, that's uh, what I'm saying. It's, it's not important just to graduate, but you got to graduate with honor <laughs> to make sure that you did fulfill your 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 obligations. Every one of us comes down to earth with a specific contract, with specific lessons to learn, and it is in the afterlife that you actually find out 
let those lessons learn how well you did. How well you did. And that's so important. Wow. It really is. This is why the LED frequency tool is so important. I encourage all of you to go out there and get the book at www.lepeducation.com so you can start working with energy today, not only for this lifetime, but to secure, you know, great report card in the next. <laughs> yeah. Nice. I dwell in the midst of infinite and abundance. The abundance of God is my infinite source. The river of life never stops flowing, and it flows through me with lavish expression. Good comes to me through a myriad of avenues, and God works through me in a myriad of ways to bless me. I now open my mind to receive my good. Nothing is too good to be true. Nothing is too wonderful to have happened. God is my source. Nothing amazes me. I give freely and fearlessly into life, and life gives back to me with fabulous increase. I am indeed blessed, and so it is. So, Stephen, tell, uh, tell the audience how they can get in touch with you. Um, well, you can uh, reach me at my uh, office email. Uh, that's sweb, S-W-E-B-B, at tsl.org. Uh, that's uh, direct to my office email. Um, but, you know, it, rather than talking to me, uh, I would recommend browsing what the Ascended Masters have offered for your readers on uh, summituniversitypress.com. Browse there, figure out which of these ten, dozens and dozens of books are most interesting to you, and study to show yourself approved unto God. Look at what the Ascended Masters have offered. And if you look at the difference between the Old Testament and the New Testament, and you think, okay, well, God provided new information and the grace that Jesus brought what other graces has he given us in this new uh, age as we, we move into this 2,000-year uh, period of Aquarius? He's given us the violet flame, which means we get to balance our own karma. Jesus, by grace, took it on for us. But he's saying, you know, not forever, guys. You need to deal with this and be adults about, you know, your own past life misuses and this life's misuses of your energy is violet flame use it freely it's it is free use it generously every day and clean up your own past records because i want you with me in heaven where things are normal and you're not going to be suffering from the shortages that you think are normal here in heaven there is no shortage there's no disease there's no limit there's no lack and there's lots of creative genuine cosmic creative work to get on with instead of the nine to five commute that we have to deal with here let's move on to genuine cosmic creativity which is what god intended in the first place and and so cleaning up our act from our, our past lives presenting ourselves with with a clean record at the end of this life means we don't necessarily have to reincarnate back in the physical level ever there is a point where you can transcend coming back to the school. You don't have to repeat this grade lifetime after lifetime like Groundhog Day. You are meant to graduate. <laughs> I, I, I recommend wow. looking at the books about the process of graduating from, uh, from this physical octave. Dr. Anna, tell the crowd how they, how they can get in touch with you or find your product. You can vi please visit my website at www.lepeducation.com. Again, that's www 
www.lepeducation.com. And please come by and visit me on patreon.com. I give live shows, personalized, um, unique to your specific situation, game plans. I teach you how to use the LEP frequency tool, how to identify your own personal vibrational frequencies. You can ask any questions at all. I will clarify and I will ensure that you can use the LEP frequency tool to start creating the future that you want to face and the life that you want to live. So again, catch me on patreon.com or visit www.lepeducation.com. Thank you. You have been live on the Sophomore Project, The Experience, Volume 7. Today's show was titled Spiritual Alchemy and Metaphysical Experiences, Creating Miracles and Mystical Manifestations Now with your host, Lee. To find out more about me, you can go to www.suddenimpact.com or www.suddenimpact.com. I also recommend my number one best-selling book that's on Amazon, School of Self-Transformation. Today was an astonishing, fanatical, and phenomenal show taught with simplicity with special guests, Dr. Anna Harvey and Stephen Webb. Until the next time, use your faith. Thank y'all.